We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. Trevor Lane here. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The NBA draft has come and gone. The Lakers made several new additions to their roster. We're going to break them down today. Joining me is Sean Davis from LakersNation.com. Find him at Sean underscore D-A-V-I over on Twitter. Sean, I- I'm exhausted at this point after a four-hour live show breaking down every pick as they happened over in the front office uh, YouTube channel as well as the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. But I'm still excited to talk about these guys because all, all in all, I think the Lakers had a heck of a draft. They had a phenomenal draft, man. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for for joining us on the front office show for our, our live uh, draft coverage. Again, over four hours. We were at about seven to 10,000 uh, live viewers the entire night. So you guys are incredible. Um Personally, thank you guys as well. I just had 10,000 followers like an hour and a half ago. So thank you guys, Laker Nation, for backing me up. Uh, I still cringe at like the early, early videos. So shout out to Trev and Matt for somehow bearing through that. Uh, but yeah, uh, all in all, Lakers had a great draft. I'm super pumped. It's 2 a.m., but I, I still can't get enough of this draft content. Let's go. Let's go. Tons of stuff to, to talk about. Tons of stuff to dive into. Personal milestones, all kinds of stuff for us to talk about on this show. Um, before we dive into everything, though, uh, over the last month, we've been doing a little contest, which you've heard us talk about, where we were going to open things up for some of our uh, listeners to submit uh, auditions, essentially, to come join us in studio in Las Vegas at Summer League. Uh, and the winners would get to come join us at Blue Wire Studios at the win, get to jump in, be part of the show, be part of the LakersNation.com podcast. Um, we got a ton of entries, a ton, like more than I, I would have ever imagined. <laughs> I watched all of them. I watched every minute of all of them. We came to a consensus, uh, and happy to announce some contest winners here. Sean, I love I love getting to talk about contest winners. This is so much fun. Um, here's who we who we settled on here. And again, we got a bunch of entries and are so appreciative of everybody who sent in entries. But our two winners, Colby Dumas and Ankit Oswal, are going to be joining us in Las Vegas. Colby, you may know as Senpai NFT, makes frequent appearances on the YouTube channel uh, in the chat section, also joins us on audio over on AMP. And uh, Ankit, you may know 
uh, over on Twitter at uh, World of AO. And he puts out all kinds of Lakers content there as well. So they will both be joining us in studio during Summer League in Las Vegas. That's going to be a lot of fun. Congratulations, guys. And once again, thank you to everybody who submitted your entries. Truly blown away by how many people submitted entries for this contest. And uh, yeah, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun uh, for you guys to be able to get inside of Blue Wire Studios. I've only been there once, but it's such an experience, guys. Great studio. Shout out to the uh, people over at Blue Wire. And uh, shout out to you guys for all your submissions and Kobe and Ankit specifically. Great submissions. Uh, blew me personally away with some of you guys' answers. So you guys are awesome. And everybody that submitted is also awesome for your submissions. Again, a ton of your guys' support. And uh, the videos were all great. So we appreciate you guys for uh, submitting your uh, your votes, not votes, but submissions. There we go. I don't know. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we're, we're slightly tired <laughs> at, at this point. We've only been live on air for, for four hours, plus multiple other other shows that we've done today. We've been talking basketball all day, essentially, Sean. So I think we can be forgiven if we are a little bit punchy at this point. But again, super excited for all of the winners. Um, all right. Let's get into the draft. Yes. Um, this The Lakers, 17th pick. Uh, there were a lot of question marks about whether or not they would trade the pick. That did not happen. The correct trade opportunity just didn't materialize for the Lakers. So they wound up keeping it. And they used it to pick Jalen Hood-Scafino. Sean, this is a guy who a week and a half ago, you did a video on why he's a talented player, but you didn't think he'd be necessarily the perfect fit for the Lakers or the right fit compared to some other guys. We know Cam Whitmore was shockingly still on the board. Why do you think the Lakers went with JHS over say Cam Whitmore or some of the other options that were, that were still there? I think that one it's possible. We don't know really what happened if with Cam Whitmore, if they've even worked them out. So it, it's tough. But Rob Polinka said something very interesting in his like uh, presser post draft uh, all the selections. They view Jalen Hood Shafino as a lottery prospect, lottery uh, level uh, talent. And the Lakers picking at seventeen, you have a guy that you think is a lottery level talent. I, I think just I mean we we have this debate constantly about best player available over fit, and I guess technically <laughs> Jalen Hood Shafino was the best player available, but like. If he's a lottery level talent in your eyes, and we keep having this conversation about how the guard room feels unsettled right now, lottery level talent, in your opinion, and technically based off of my board, I think he's around that range. I had him 15th on my big board. So lottery level talent, it kind of fits a position of need. I think that you can justify that pick. Uh, although my initial reaction probably says otherwise. But um, I mean, he's a, he's a really talented player, um, has some versatility. Honestly, I think if the three-point shot consistently is there, he might have been a top 10 pick because there's not sure. a, a ton of weaknesses there. Like he is a solid NBA player, potentially even day one. Like I honestly look at his weaknesses. I'm like, he's not the best vertical athlete. And the three-point shot, there's not a ton else that you can really complain about when you start talking about JHS. So I, I think he's a great player. And I mean, he would have been a, a good player for somebody. So bring him into LA. If you have big concerns, you figure it out. So um, JHS, welcome to the Lakers. Glad to have you. This guy is, he's 6'6", 6'10", wingspan. 
Yeah. Very good defensively. That's mm-hmm. that's where he's going to really thrive is as a defender. That's something the Lakers can certainly use. People were so locked in on three-point shooting, and you see, what was he, 33% from three on the season. People go, oh, that's it. I, I, don't, I don't want him. I think what the Lakers see is that he already has a really strong mid-range game, and yes. the belief is that that three-point game will eventually develop. Um, Rob Polinka did mention the development of Austin Reeves as a three-point shooter, although – I That's don't know that example. It, it was a little bit of a weird example because Austin was a good three point shooter in college. And then his first year with the Lakers just didn't, it didn't click for him. And then he just kind of went back. I think this first year with the Lakers was more of an outlier in terms of his three point shooting. And we saw what he really is this year. Um, but, but nonetheless, Austin still, you know, developed to a degree. Uh, Jalen Hutzcapino, the, the thought is that he can improve as a three point shooter. He can get better. He's already got the size that they're looking for. Rob mentioned a few times. Uh, having positional size. We think about how many offensive rebounds the Lakers gave up against the Golden State Warriors on long bounces. You get a guard who's 6'6 with a 6'10 wingspan, guess what they can do? They can rebound the ball over some of those guys um, that uh, that are contesting the mid-range rebounds, those long bounces that aren't going to an Anthony Davis or or a LeBron even in the paint. Hoots Cavino is going to help you out there. Defensively, he's very good. He's a, a very creative, very crafty passer. Um, yes. he, he does have some issues with turnovers, but he just has a good feel for the game, a good read mm-hmm. of the game. Again, he's not an explosive athlete, but if he was, he's not there for the Lakers to take at 17. So I think this is a guy who could be a really good long-term fit and is very versatile, and you can play him in a number of ways. Um, Sean, I, I'm, I've explained a lot of his positives here. Let me ask you this. What is he? I know he's a guard. Is he a point guard or is he a two guard? Or is he like Austin where you can play him either at the one or two and he's going to be good at either either thing? I think if the jumper from distance is consistent, I think he could be a one or a two. I think right now I probably lean more he's a one because like a, a more of a, like an actual point guard, put the mm-hmm. ball in his hands. Let, and that was honestly my biggest reservation. If you go back to that video that you referenced that I put out that we put out maybe two weeks ago or whatever yeah. now, that was my biggest reservation. It's like I think day one he's at his best with the ball in his hands, which I was a little concerned about because I'm like, Austin Reeves, I'm not sure if you want to take the ball a lot out of Austin's hands. Yes. Um, but I think the three-point shoot he comes around, I think he he can be a one or a two. Um, and really quickly to touch on the ball screen point you mentioned. Uh, or just the feel that he has. He is, and this is no disrespect to any of the other guards, but he is the second best pick and roll player in this draft for out of guards. Um, and number one, Scoot Henderson, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like the the pace at which he moves out of ball screens, like he doesn't try to go too fast out of ball screens, which I think you could see with with some younger guards. And I I think when you maneuver out of ball screens, like Austin does a great job at this at just being patient when you get a ball screen, letting uh, the the game come into you, reading the floor, and he has a really smooth mid range jumper, mm-hmm. can make all the right reads out of ball screens um, in terms of a, of a passer. Created like nine points per game out of ball screens last season at Indiana. So a high usage, really good pick and roll playmaker and scorer. Overall, got to clean up the turnovers. Turnovers, like you mentioned, not the best athlete and uh, the three point consistency, but. I mean, a really good player. Again, 15th on my board. The Lakers viewed him as a lottery talent. Really good player. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that he is a uh, a very interesting pick for the Lakers and a guy that I can't wait to see at Summer League. All right, uh, Sean, this is one. You were literally begging 
for Max Lewis to make it to pick 40, like uh, right around the what 25th pick or so, yeah. something like that. You kept saying, we need Max Lewis to make it to 40. We need Max Lewis to make it, make it to 40. Right. And we're going pick after pick after pick, and you're getting more <laughs> and more tense and the pressure is mounting. And then finally there it is. Pick 40 Max Lewis is the pick. And look again, going back to look, the, if the theme was positional size, for this draft for the Lakers, Lakers hit. Check that box again. You've got a, a wing, six seven, seven foot wingspan. Sheesh. I mean, can shoot well enough. For, I mean, he just you want to like we talked about this last year with Max with Max Christie, right? There's no question what his skill set is. There's no question what he is in the NBA. It's a three and D player. Same thing, different Max, but same thing. This yeah. is a three and D wing player. I like him a little bit off the bounce too. I think he's mm -hmm. a, he's got a little bit going to the rim, but most for the most part, he's a three and D guy. And to get him at forty, I, I thought was was an incredible steal. This is why I think, regardless of your criticism on the JHS pick, this ties into my take on Max Lewis here. This is why I think this is a slam dunk draft because. Just in terms of the value, yeah, I'm going off my personal board at least. You got the 15th best player and the 20th best player at 17 and at 40. That is immense value for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. um, when you start talking about Max Lewis, though, like you said, 6'7 wing, 7-foot wingspan. Uh, he's just turning 20. He'll be 21 in, in a few weeks, uh, late July. Um I think, honestly, you look at some of the shooting splits, like, like oh, he's only a 35% three-point shooter. I don't think that, that that does him any justice. He was the number one option for that Pepperdine team. Um, when you see, when you saw him get more spot-up looks where he got to be off the ball more, he was a lot better. I think he was a 43% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter last season for Pepperdine. Um, so the catch-and-shoot impacts there. I like the point you mentioned about him being having some self-creation um, and being yeah. able to create his own shot off the bounce. Doesn't get a, a ton of separation, so when he does get off the bounce, it's contested. But I think you can make the argument that that's not going to be a problem at the NBA level because he's never going to be the number one option. No. He's going to be... He's attacking closeouts. He's attacking... Exactly. And that was the point I made in the Maxwell Lewis breakdown that you guys could find was at the NBA level, he's going to be attacking closeouts. Like... Shot clock's winding down. Ball gets swung to Max Lewis in the corner, which he operates really well out of, actually. And he gets to attack a closeout. I feel pretty, pretty good. Um, because of his length and the athleticism, good finisher at the rim as well. Because of his length, because of the athlete he is, he has good defensive traits and physical tools. It's just he's got to clean up some, uh, some mistakes. Uh, it's really mm -hmm. small stuff that just starts to add on to each other. But it's, I don't want to say easily correctable, but it can be correctable or corrected, excuse me. Um, and if you correct that, like you said, you're looking at a potential 3 and D guy with a ton of upside offensively. And offensively, I think he's just not a good playmaker at all. Like 3.3 turnovers. He averaged more turnovers than, than assists last season at Pepperdine. Um, so not a good passer, but like you have to get really nitpicky. Um, I don't like the competition argument either. Like if you're a good basketball player, you're a good basketball player to a certain extent, in my opinion, at least. So, um, 
I think he's a dream fit for this Lakers team. Fits right in. So I think what this Lakers team needs, he also has some off-screen um, upside as well, which is, I think, a need for the Lakers playbook and the coaching staff. So if you can hit on that too, Max Lewis at 40, Trevor, yeah. is a steal. Well, and the creation stuff, like you said, he's not going to have to do that at the NBA level. Um, and he's, uh, I like that he's got the ability to get into the paint and, and finish it. It's going to be different when he's going up against NBA level players. But again, just having that base of being able to defend at a decent, like, he's not the defender that Hoots Cofino is right now, but he's got the physical profile of being uh, a, a solid defender. And I think he can be that. And then you've got the ability to shoot and he can put the ball on the floor and do some things, get into the basket. Initially, you're asking him just to just defend. And shoot, defend yep. and shoot the three, and then as he gets comfortable, that's when you've got him, got him getting into the paint more, doing some things. So uh, I think this was a, a phenomenal get for the Lakers, and again, another three and D type guy. You look at the young talent the Lakers have got, multi position guys. When we talk about Austin Reeves, talk about Rui Hachimura, figure he's coming back. Um, you've got Max now Christie. Max Lewis, you've got Max Christie, Jared you've got Hood Scafino. Jared Vanderbilt, these are all guys that are switchy defensively across multiple positions, can defend at a, at a solid level, have good size for their positions. Um, it, these guys just, when you step back and you look at the big picture, these guys all fit a certain mold. And when I look at Max Lewis and I look at Hootscafino, I just go, yep, that, that makes sense. They, these guys fit with this team. Let's freaking go, man. I'm so pumped. It's 2.10 in the morning, and I am, like, pumped like it still happened. <laughs> like it just uh, happened. We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. They are suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. They're more than meets the eye. But also, therefore, the athletes. Do you run? Do you golf? Do you train? You want to look like your favorite athlete? Guys like Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, Aaron Jones, the backbone of my dynasty team, Justin Jefferson? Well, then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today personally i love the holbrook sunglasses just a very classic look and comfortable fit for wearing around town every single day and Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to more, know more? I know you do. So head over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. We're going to pause for just a moment to talk about game time. Ticket buying can be a very stressful experience. Personally, I am always trying to make sure that I'm getting the best deal, and that's not always easy to know. You have to go fully through the checkout process. Sometimes one app will say one thing, another app won't give you the final price until the end. It is a nightmare, but buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun 
that you are going to have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you suddenly find yourself with a little bit of time. You have some friends that want to go do something. Grab tickets on game time. Game time, the guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their best price game time guarantee. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You even get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LakersNation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LakersNation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so let's let's get on because what, what happens is as soon as the draft, the draft ends, the guys who did not get drafted immediately tend to get, get picked up, right? That's where you see team signs X player. Uh, a lot of times it's two-way contracts, and we did see the Lakers sign a few two-way players. Um, the first one, Colin Castleton, center out of Florida, 6'11", 240, averaged three blocks a game this last season for Florida. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy that I like a lot. I... I was. I had a feeling this might happen uh, with him winding up with the Lakers. He worked out for them just the other day, and uh, he's got decent touch on his on his mid range jumper. He's not really like a three point shooter or anything like that. More of a traditional big. He can be a little bit robotic, kind of mechanical with his w- with his offensive game, but solid rebounder, good shot blocker, uh, and and a pretty darn good passer as well for a big man. So there's a lot to like here, particularly, particularly as an undrafted guy. Uh, Sean, I know you've dug a little bit into him as well. Uh, what are, what were your takeaways on Colin Castleton? Uh, for a two-way contract as a UDFA, I thought another great value pick. Um, I had a top 60 grade on him. So a top, like a, a second rounder in my eyes uh, to touch on some of the things you already mentioned, like again, great shot blocker, weak side or just, at the rim in general, um, being able to cover and, and protect the basket is so important. And honestly, it's how modern NBA defenses kind of build out, especially like like a defensive coach is Frank Vogel. I don't know if I would classify Darvin Ham as a defensive coach, but like looking at the ways he's deployed Anthony Davis uh, last season. Um, Milwaukee, which honestly is kind of where you can get the vision for what Darvin did with AD, how Milwaukee deployed Brooke Lopez. And speaking of Brooke Lopez, and what the Lakers want to do, Colin Castleton fits what the Lakers want to do schematically defensively, where you're just asking for a big to come in, again, okay, 6'11", to be a drop coverage big and have maybe some upsides uh, with switchability. And he does have that. And I think he is a really, really good drop coverage big who uses his length really well to impact shots in that mid-range area. And if you do get by him, again, three blocks per game, he protects the rim and deters shots at a high level. Um, offensively, I think he does some things well, but I think there's some some things you have to clean up on, which is why he didn't get drafted, potentially. Um, I think, although you say he's not a three-point shooter, I think the upside's there. Like, the confidence, like, we have a saying, like, mm-hmm. our head coach or whatever that I work with has a saying, like, nobody that just shoots the ball 
like even though they miss, somebody just shoots the ball and keeps on shooting if they don't think they're a shooter. Like he has confidence when he shoots the ball. Um, and honestly, the mechanics don't look terrible. It's a slow release, but like in pick and pop options, if he gets it, he will let it go at times at, at Florida. Um, the, the shot mechanics in general, like that's honestly going to be the big thing. Can the jumper start to fall a little bit more consistently for him? Yeah. Because that just opens up his mid range game, his post game, where he does like to face up a ton. He doesn't have the quickness to be able to like get go rip through and make a move, get to the rim. He does have a soft touch, uh, and especially in that short roll, which I think is where offensively he's gonna make his bread and butter is that short roll playmaking, high post where you can go split game action or low post split game action concepts that you see with teams like the Golden State Warriors, the Miami Heat. Uh, the Sacramento Kings mm-hmm. a bit with the Lakers a tiny bit, but the fact that we saw Colin Castleton be able to really handle the ball well and be such a dynamic passer, whether it's in transition where he can legit bring the ball up the floor in transition or in the half court that can open up some more of the Lakers five out concepts, Trevor, which really struggled last season. Um, 80s fine as a, as a handler of the ball, not the level of passer that Colin Castleton is where you can go like Chicago action, get really creative with your uh, schemes offensively. Um, I won't go as far as some of the comparisons have been in terms of his passing, Mm -hmm. but he is a really, really good passer. That's the biggest thing that pops out offensively. And honestly, if the pick and pop shooting gets there, you're, I mean, like this is a perfect backup to Anthony Davis in a year or two. Yeah, and that's I think that's important in a year or two. I mean, this is a guy who's going to be on a two-way contract. Um, and I need to talk more about two-ways in just a second here. But uh, he's on a two-way contract, so not expecting him to get big minutes with the Lakers next season or anything like that. But uh, you never know what can happen. Uh, but this is a player who I think fits a need. He's going to get minutes in the G League. He's going to get minutes at Summer League, of course. We're going to see him in Las Vegas. And he's going to have opportunities to, to continue to grow his game. Now, only shot 13% from three. Barrett didn't even shoot one per game for Florida. So it's not like he's going to turn around tomorrow and be a good three-point shooter. But maybe that's something they can develop eventually. In the meantime, he's got the passing. He's got the rim protection. And I've also got this. Um, I asked around. And, I, and according to a source, Colin Castleton had offers from multiple teams to join them on, on a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. He had offers from multiple teams who had second-round picks to join him on a, on a two-way contract, and he turned them down because he wanted to be with the Lakers. He felt like the Lakers were going to be his best fit. Um, so that's the other piece to this, is you know that he is where he wants to be. This isn't like he got got picked and the Lakers are just going to kind of, well, whatever. Like they talked to him and he knew this was where he wanted to be. And this is the place that he thinks is going to be best for his career. And I think that means something too. Yeah, absolutely. And with the Lakers player development system and just really quickly, first off, shout out to this guy in department, man. Like the uh, goes very under the radar for most teams. I think we appreciate how good ours is. Um, but yeah, the fact that he wants to be here, I think matters and yeah, man, like a, a good G league stash 
who again averaged 2.3 blocks or 2.2 blocks or better each of his three seasons at Florida, um, along with 12 plus points per game and six plus rebounds a game. Um, so a, a G League stash for the next year or two. And again, I think this could be a really good backup at someday in the NBA if he adds some level of like NBA scoring. Like whether it's like a, a mid post face up jumper or like rip through the pick and pop shoot, like like just a NBA level scoring threat. Um, I think you add that and we're we're cooking. Um because yep. again, I think drop coverage big fits into what the Lakers want to do. Elite rim protector, what the Lakers want, the passing ability, something the Lakers need. Um yeah, it it Colin Castletip, he hits that is going to be uh, one of the Lakers steals that we always like to look on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and again, talking about positional size, just to put a bow on Colin Castleton here. Again, those three three blocks per game, 6'11", with a 7'4 wingspan. Great size for the center in, in today's Jeez. NBA. All right. Um, so we have a new, another two-way contract here that was given to Des Moines Hodge. And before we get into this, I want to pause for just a moment and talk about um, the two-way and what this what's going on here. So two-way contracts for next year under the new CBA. It used to be you could have two of them. It's going up to three. But if you're doing the math, Colin Castleton is on a two-way. Des Moines Hodge is on a two-way. The Lakers already have a pair of players on two ways. Scotty Pippen Jr. and Cole Swider. Um, obviously, that's too many. That's four players on two-way contracts. So one of those players is not coming back. And uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. appears to be the one that probably is not coming back. This is nothing official, but Cole Swider was on a two-year deal. Uh, so I would imagine that Cole Swider will be the one returning. Again, nothing official. It's possible that the Lakers go, go the other way with this, but it looks as though that's probably what's going to happen here. Scotty Pippen Jr. will no longer be on a two-way contract with the Lakers. Instead, it will go to Demoy Hodge, Colin Castleton. Now, remember, these two-way contracts, you can swap them in and out all the time. If you think back to a couple of summers ago, uh, Joel Ayayi was on a two-way contract for like yep. a month and then it switched over, you know, like you can rotate these guys. So, but uh, Demoy Hodge gets one, Colin Castleton gets one. And, uh, and then I believe it will be Cole Swider sticking around on a two-way contract. Unless of course, Cole gets bumped up to a full roster. I mean, people don't realize like Cole Swider spent a good chunk of last season injured. Uh, and then when he came back, when he did play in the G league, he played over 20 games. He shot 43% from three. Sheesh. Like the dude is an elite three-point shooter. And I can't wait to see what he does in summer league. So again, nothing for sure, but, but based on the way it looks right now, it looks like the two-way contracts for the moment are going to be Colin Castleton, Des Moines Hodge, and Cole Swider. Um, all right, Sean, talk to me a little bit about Des Moines Hodge. Two-way contract. What does he bring? Shooting, shooting, and just like quick scoring ability. Like he'll have a burst of games where he'll have 25 points. He had a really impressive performance in the NCAA tournament against Utah State, where he had 23 points on great efficiency. SEC tournament, 26 points on great efficiency. He's gonna, at least at the college level, he puts up a ton of threes, shot it at a 40% clip, has some versatility uh, where he can get that either as a spot up threat or uh, some off-screen and some handoff stuff. So that's intriguing. And then uh, just not a not a big playmaker. And honestly, I think if you shut down the three-point stuff, 
it could get a little interesting, mm-hmm. but a really good shooter that can score in bunches and a shot, uh, a dart throw, if you will. I think this could be a, a this could be something long term, but um, uh, taking a taking a gamble on a guy that is an elite shooter. Yeah, yeah, and and again, he'll get a chance to show stuff in summer league as well. Yeah. Uh, another, and there could be more of these guys coming as the summer league roster starts to uh, come out, but. This one, Alex Fudge, I want to get into what this means. Exhibit 10. So this is something that you hear pop up each year. And Exhibit 10 deals, the way they work. Now, the money has actually changed on this. But the way it works is an Exhibit 10 player, you sign a player to a contract, essentially knowing you're going to cut this player, right? Um, Now, that doesn't mean, like, if Alex Fudge shows up in Summer League, and is one of the best players on the summer league team. He can, you could give him a two-way contract. You could take a two-way contract away from somebody and say, Alex Fudge, you're better than Exhibit 10 player. We don't want to cut you. Here's a two-way contract. You could say, here's a full NBA contract if you wanted to. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. But an Exhibit 10 contract is typically geared towards a player that you think you're probably going to cut and you want them to go to your G League team. You believe in the player enough that you want to develop them with the South Bay Lakers. And what the Exhibit 10 contract allows you to do is give them a little bit of extra money uh, over what a typical G League salary would be. Now, again, uh, the money has gone up, and I don't have it on on hand right now exactly how much it's gone up by. It used to be $50,000. I know it's more than that now. But it was a way to give a player enough money, and they get that money, by the way, for once they get cut, they would have to then go to the South Bay Lakers and stay there for a set period of time, I believe it's three months, and then they would get that bonus, that $50,000 bonus on top of their G League salary. The reason why you do that is because players at Summer League, a lot of them are, you know, obviously you focus on all the, you know, the first round picks and even the second round picks. There's a lot of guys there that are just trying to catch the attention of a professional league somewhere. And so what you're doing is you're paying, in this case, Alex Fudge, a bonus that ideally is enough money to not make it worth it to go play overseas somewhere. To stay, get enough money with your G League contract plus the Exhibit 10 bonus that you get when you stay with that G League club makes it worthwhile financially to stay in the G League, to stay in system rather than go play in a foreign league. So that's what the Exhibit 10 is all about. Um, And don't be surprised if we see more of these. There's more players will get this, but in any way, that's what, so when you hear Lakers signed a player to an exhibit 10 deal, that's what it means. It means it's unlikely that player will actually be on the Lakers, but they are probably going to be funneled towards the South Bay Lakers. Okay. Enough boring cap stuff. Sean, what, what are they getting in Alex Fudge? I know super lanky defender, but I don't have, I'm not super well-versed in his game. I am not either, but again, Potential defender, really good defender, actually, with with upside on that end. Good enough cutter. You, you see some highlights with him as like a dunker spot guy that, you know, does a good job. Kind of what you wanted Bando to do, I suppose, where if a team tries to pack it in, you could go uh, short roll with the big and you find him in that dunker spot. Decent enough of a finisher. Only shot 22.9% from three last season on uh, 48 attempts. And the free throw shooting isn't that great either to where you can have some optimism there. Um, so you're looking for those two things to, to improve, but 
good enough defender to take a gamble on. I think the cutting ability, especially out of the dunker spot and some other things there, pretty all right finisher. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's enough positives there. It's like you say, you could take the gamble on him and try to keep him in-house and and, uh, within your system. Yep. All right. Well, so those are the moves the Lakers have made as of this recording. Would not surprise me if they made other ones. Uh, By the way, the Lakers have not officially announced Max Lewis yet because they have to finalize that trade. Uh, with the Pacers that moved up to to pick 40. But I'd imagine that is um, that is coming as well shortly. But nonetheless, um, all in all, pretty darn good draft night for the Lakers. Uh, I had a lot of people, a lot of Lakers fans were upset, were frustrated that the Lakers didn't swing a big trade. Uh, you know, sometimes that doesn't fall into your lap. Sometimes the best move is not making a, a trade if, if the deals that are out there just don't make sense. Was that you're saying last year? I forget the, what it was. Yeah, sometimes sometimes the best move is the one you don't make, or sometimes the best trade is no trade. Yeah. Right. Um, best deal is no deal. However you want to phrase it, I think the Lakers had a really good night, and I like the guys that they've added. I think the guys they've added all potentially fit. That doesn't mean any of these guys are going to play major minutes next season, but. What I like is when I look at this, I see a big picture theme, right? I see a, I see a plan. I see a certain play style that they're looking for. And seeing that kind of consistency is um, it's refreshing. That's for sure for, uh, for this Lakers team. And again, we'll have free agency coming up. That's starting up uh, June 30th. So right around the corner. There can, there's going to be plenty of trade talks between now and then. I'm sure we'll be talking about free agent signings. We could have a D'Angelo Russell extension before then. He can extend his contract still. Lots of different stuff that can be going on between now and then. But the moves they made, I think, tonight in the draft are moves that I think can set up this team for the future. So I yeah. like it. I like what they did. I thought they had a great night, especially like you said, we put it all into perspective and like how they what what the vision is. And like you you judge one individual pick. I, I can see some frustration specifically with that JHS pick. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, you take that pick, then you see what they did with uh, Maxwell Lewis. Then you see what they did with the uh, UDFA, specifically Colin Castleton. You're like, OK, cool. Like you said, there's a specific style of play they're trying to go for. They're, they are trying to really value positional versatility, which in my article on LakersNation.com, where I talk about like my top five targets for the Lakers, that was a mm-hmm. big focal point of that article was like, get guys that are versatile, uh, that could do different things, whether it's positional, uh, positional wise or like skill set. Um, and that seemed to be a big uh, point of emphasis for the Lakers as well throughout this draft process. So. Job well done, Rob. Job well done, uh, Jesse uh, Buss and the rest of the scouting department. And great draft night, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we said going in, this scouting department has done such a good job that we just have to trust that they've made the correct picks. Uh, once again, because they have a history of doing so. And so until we're proven otherwise, I'm going to believe that they've, that they've again made the correct picks because, again, once again, that's what they've done in the past so excited to see these guys in summer league thought it was a good draft night sean thanks for for toughing it out coming on here i know it's been a long long day a lot of basketball talk but appreciate you joining me yeah for sure uh always fun to to come on and talk lakers regardless of the time regardless how tired we are (laughs) all right lakers nation make sure you do uh 
Give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. All right, time to go get some sleep. Thank you, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.